Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for being a part of the show. Lakers talk tonight will go till 8 p.m. Hopefully everybody had a great 4th of July weekend. Everybody's starting to get back into the mix of things. Um, certainly, uh, I remember doing the show last week, and we are talking about by this time, free agency will have started, what will the Lakers look like, what will the team look like. Um, I'm going to obviously spend some time talking about Kyrie Irving and the deal that has still not got done. We'll see if it eventually happens here in the near future. Who's got leverage, the Lakers or the Nets, as they try to figure out if this is something that uh, is part of the Lakers' future or if it's not. If it goes down, what does the Lakers look? Uh, what's that roster look like compared to the rest of the Western Conference? Also, want to spend some time on who the Lakers actually went out and got in free agency. Uh, we'll do that, and then um, uh, I'll, I'll kind of, I, I guess you could say, recap a little bit of free agency so far as well. Brad Turner from the LA Times will come on at 7:30, so we'll get a chance to talk to BT, see if he's got anything on his end, what the latest is, and what he's hearing. Um, just a quick heads up here. So Lakers finished 2-1, and one, that California Classic. They played up in the Bay Area, so they lost a game earlier today, 87-75. to 75. Uh, That was played this afternoon. So what's next for the Lakers? Now uh, they'll head over to Vegas, and Summer League will officially start. They'll start on Friday against Phoenix, so tip-off's going to be at 7 o'clock for those that are wanting to watch some of the young guns. Max Christie, Scotty Pippen Jr., Cole Swider has done a good job, so um, we'll get a chance to continue to watch these guys as we uh, as the summer league progresses. Um, obviously, the biggest news so far around free agency, it's really the news that not much has developed, not much has gone down. Since Thursday, I want to say we've been talking about, it might have even been Wednesday, we've been talking about um, Kevin Durant asking for a trade from the Brooklyn Nets, which ignited all these conversations again about Kyrie. If you guys remember last week, um, last week we're doing the show. Jovan Buha came on. I had a chance to connect with Brian Windhorst earlier in the day. And a lot of the conversation was, you know, it got quiet once Kyrie signed that opt-in to play out his final year with the, um, uh, with the uh, Brooklyn Nets. And I remember Brian Windhorst saying this was, again, five, six days ago or so, that doesn't mean a deal for Kyrie is dead to the Lakers. And then once the KD stuff went down that he wanted to leave the Brooklyn Nets, then all this conversation started again about Kyrie. But that's been going on for about four days. So the latest on Kyrie to the Lakers, nothing. Crickets. I think everybody's still waiting what the next move is. And the longer we wait, you know, makes me think that it plays to the Nets' advantage. And let me kind of explain where I think – all this is, um, you can try to fight this. Well, who's got the leverage? Is it the Lakers or is it the Nets? Let's use the Lakers as an example. Do the Lakers really have all that much leverage as far as um, getting Kyrie over to the Lakers? I I think you can make a case and you could say, all right, well, here's one way the Lakers got some leverage. One of the ways they got leverage is simply the fact that 
Kyrie Irving, there isn't a line out the door of all these teams that want Kyrie. Kyrie's going to be in the final year of his contract. Sounds like he wants to come to the Lakers. It sounds like a guy like LeBron James wants to play with Kyrie again. Um, There's a little bit of leverage if you look at it from that perspective. But this is where I get a little worried about the Lakers finding a way to get this done. A lot of times, kind of have a philosophy that if you want to make something happen and it's right there in front of you, don't get too greedy. Find a way to make it work. And I don't know what the deals are behind the scenes. So for all we know, the Nets could be asking for two first-rounders. They could be asking for Russ's contract. They want THT as well. Maybe they're making it to where it's very difficult for the Lakers and Rob Palenka to say, yeah, this is a good deal. Um, that could be the case. If that's not the case, this is why I think the Nets have more leverage than the Lakers. Laker fans, I don't have to sit here and preach to you about what last season was. I don't have to sit here and preach to everybody um, about how dysfunctional last season was. And you want to throw some excuses in there, so go ahead. Feel feel free. You could say, well, AD only played 40 games and, um, you know, uh, Braun was trying to play – in a in an environment that the veterans were too old, you didn't have enough young pieces. Russ obviously didn't fit. We could go down the list of all the reasons why last year didn't fit. But if you're going to tell me that we're going to roll the ball back out and we're going to throw Russ, LeBron, and Anthony Davis out on the court again and take take our chances, I'm talking about obviously the Lakers. Lakers take their chances with that team. I think the Brooklyn Nets know that there is some desperation for the Lakers. LeBron's about to be in his 20th season. This window that you have of continuing to compete with LeBron and Anthony Davis, every single day it goes by, I think that window does get a little bit smaller. And that's not to say that you know the Lakers can't be dangerous potentially in the playoffs if AD plays 70 games and if Braun has another great season and if Russ uh, plays flawless in defense and Darvin Ham convinces him that this is his role and this is the way that the Lakers are going to thrive in all this. But there's a lot of ifs that come with that. And the, I think from a leverage perspective is the best way that I try to put it. I think the Brooklyn Nets know that there's some desperation in the Lakers. And go look at Brooklyn's situation. I mean, Brooklyn's situation, it fell apart for them as well. At one point, they had James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin, Dar- uh, Kevin Durant. And you thought to yourself that the NBA championship is going to go through the Brooklyn Nets. And then next thing you know, Kyrie doesn't want to play in games because he's not getting vaccinated. And then James Harden, by the trade deadline, quietly is saying, I want out of here. He ends up leaving and going to Philly. They get Ben Simmons, who never ended up playing a game, at least last season with the Brooklyn Nets. Then KD announces that he wants out. So I'm not telling you that the, the picture is perfect in Brooklyn, but what I'm trying to say is that the Brooklyn Nets know that that window that they thought they had six months ago, a year ago, heck, three months ago, that thing is over and it's shut. And if they're not bringing back KD and KD, they, they know that they're going to trade him. The Kyrie piece of it all, really, you know, what, what do you if if you wait until um, if you wait a month to trade Kyrie, does that really affect the Brooklyn Nets? If the Nets don't think they have a good enough deal to trade Kyrie to the Lakers, do they have to do it? They don't. He's on the final year of his contract. The one thing, um, I was doing the show earlier this morning with Brian Kamenitsky, so we're doing our show, and a lot of times um, um, a lot of times we do the show and you're kind of trying to find different angles and, and looking at different perspectives. Uh, we, were, we were spending some time on which team would have a little bit more leverage. I mean, frankly, all you need if you're the Brooklyn Nets is one other team in the NBA to say, you know what? 
We think we're a Kyrie Irving away. We know the headache that comes with it. We know it's not a guarantee or a lock that basketball is his number one priority or motivation after his family. Um, But we are a Kyrie away from what we think could potentially be a team that goes to the next level or maybe a team that can get out of the Western Conference or maybe a team that go to the East. It comes with risk. Don't get me wrong that it doesn't come with risk because Kyrie is just not your regular, you know, you're not making a trade and Kyrie is just that guy that suits up every single night, no complaining. No, I, I just I come to work. I just want to play basketball. I don't think that's the title that comes with Kyrie. But all you need is one other team to get into the mix here, and then all of a sudden, whatever leverage that you thought you had, you don't have. So I don't want to see the Lakers. I mean, personally for me, I don't want to see the Lakers way too long. If you want to get it done, find a way. Don't want to see the Lakers walk away with nothing. Uh, I really don't. I, I think it's so critical that this gets done. And I think, you know, we could look at how last season played out, and I think Kyrie on the Los Angeles Lakers could give them a little bit of hope. I mean, heck. Let me let me throw out a couple names here that have been um, rumored as part of this deal. Kyrie, and then either Joe Harris or Seth Curry, or maybe there's a um, maybe there's a way that the Lakers can get a couple shooters out of this. And I'm talking about Kyrie plus two shooters. The Joe Harris thing, he's got two years left on his contract. He makes 18 this upcoming season, 19 the following year. So I think there's a little hesitation of wanting to bring somebody who's been injured certainly over the last couple of years on the Lakers, and then you're on the hook for 19 more million after this season. But can you just imagine a team that last season played, and if I said what were the Lakers missing most, we would go down the list. We'd say, okay, well, it's obvious what they were missing. They didn't have enough shooters. They certainly were, in many games, looked like they were too old. Just didn't have enough young players, young legs, athletic legs. Um, Not enough uh, um, uh, playmakers, I guess you could say. LeBron's getting his. He's trying to pass to other guys, but a lot of those guys weren't consistent from the outside. Can you imagine taking what you had with Russ and replacing him with Kyrie Irving and Joe Harris? Or Kyrie Irving and Seth Curry? Um and that's that that's so drastically different than what the Lakers were playing with last year. Both Kyrie Irving, first off Kyrie Seth and Joe Harris all shoot over 40% from 3. Um Kyrie's a legitimate true playmaker. I could get any shot at any time at any point of the game. And oh by the way, uh Kyrie as you remember in LeBron's stint and they play together in Cleveland, he's also somebody that can play off the ball. Hey, you go ahead and create. If you need me, I'll be open, and I'll make sure that I get that shot up when I'm talking about LeBron being a facilitator or whatever the case is. Just the threat of having Kyrie on your team. On top of that, the Joe Harris or Seth Curry. These are legitimate shooters in the league. This isn't, hey, if this guy can hit a couple of shots, or it's the threat, having a threat. I heard Richard Jefferson talking about this um, a couple days ago, maybe on uh, on NBA Today, one of those shows on ESPN, and he was saying it's not even about somebody knocking down 40 45% of their threes. It's having guys that are a threat to hit threes. It's having a guy like Joe Harris, that's a threat. Seth Curry's a threat. Kyrie Irving's a threat. So I just explained it that way because to go from what the Lakers had this past season to um, – what they could potentially have and how quick that can change. I think that's legitimate. I really do. A couple things I want to do when we come back. We got to go to break here real quick. But when we come back, 
if a deal went down for Kyrie, how would that Lakers roster fare in the Western Conference? We know just how tough the West is. We know that at this point in this Lakers uh, uh, current roster with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you just want to be in the mix. And last season there was no point where you felt like the Lakers were working towards being in the mix. How would the Lakers fare in the Western Conference? Plus, if they did make a trade uh, for Kyrie, um, can you expect him to become a different person, a different player? And I'm obviously talking about his commitment to the game. And uh, I'll give my thoughts on that as well. If you want to be a part of the show, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. Appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm Alan Sliwa. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Uh, Brad Turner of the LA Times coming up in about 15 minutes. Earlier uh, today, doing the show this morning, Sham Sharani at The Athletic was on the Pat McAfee show. And one of his quotes on there, there's no traction on any type of a Lakers deal for Kyrie Irving. He said there's nothing new on that, and I'm not quite sure we're going to see that take place. And it kind of blew up on Twitter, and now everybody's thinking, oh, you know what, maybe a deal isn't going to go down. This is not uncommon um, you know, teams are obviously looking for leverage. We know that. We understand it. I really, really would be. I'm not. I'm not kidding when I say it. I'd be so incredibly disappointed if, at this point, we've talked about it as much as we have, and Kyrie doesn't end up with the Lakers. And I want to make sure that you know I'm clear on this. I'm not telling everybody. I don't. I don't want to make it sound like Kyrie Irving is the savior to the Lakers franchise. I also don't want to make it sound like the Lakers got Kyrie Irving and then all of a sudden watch out their title favorites again. I think there's a lot that that has to get figured out. I think the Anthony Davis piece is always going to be the most critical for the Lakers. If he's playing 40 games, I don't care if Kyrie's on the team or not. They're they're not going to make any noise. Now, if he's playing 65 games, 70 games, something along those lines, Kyrie is always there. He's playing a ton of these games as well. LeBron is healthy next year. I know there's still a lot of ifs. But I think what it does is it just puts the Lakers back in the mix. Just puts them in the mix. And that's all you can really ask for. I mean, I I don't think right now if you're a Laker fan, I don't think you could really ask for more than that. Um, 
in a little bit, I'm going to get through some of the uh, free agency signings, some of the guys that the Lakers signed. And I was mentioning this last week that I didn't think, look, what, what's really going to happen in free agency? The Lakers only have so much that they can go do. Really, if you want to say anything of what's happened so far, they lost what I thought was a good piece in Malik Monk. He signed, I want to say, two years, $19 million with the Sacramento Kings. So it actually worked the opposite way for the Lakers. But I don't think that's a surprise or a shock. I think some of the guys that they got, it's it's ex, it was expected to get who they had. But the the piece of just getting back in the mix is all you can ask for. And if a deal went down for Kyrie, I'm going to throw this out there. If the deal goes down, how would the Lakers roster fare in the Western Conference? Um, I did mention that you know getting Kyrie just right out the gate instead of Russ is a significant upgrade as far as fit goes. It's a significant upgrade to what the Lakers actually need on the basketball floor. Um, How many games will Kyrie play? Will there be other issues? Are there times where it doesn't feel like basketball is a priority? I don't have that answer, and I cannot answer that question. I could just more look at it from what would it look like on the floor, LeBron, uh, Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving. That would be a significant update. On top of that, one thing that's almost working in the Lakers' favor is the fact that Russ's contract is so high, $47 million, and the contract of uh, the contract of Joe Harris or, oh, I'm sorry, the contract of Kyrie Irving is, I want to say, $36 million because there's an $11 million difference that the Lakers would most likely get another player, which is a really good shooter, either a Joe Harris or a Seth Curry. Just the fact that that would all break down that way, it's obviously such a significant upgrade. How would it rank in the Western Conference? I did this this morning, and this gives me kind of a little bit more of an opportunity to to dive into it. But let, let me just kind of stack some of the teams in the West. And this is what I mean by the Lakers would once again just be in the mix. Now, there's a lot that still has to unfold. I don't know where KD is going to sign. For all I know, he'll end up with the Phoenix Suns, and the Suns will be the favorites to go win an NBA championship. Maybe he ends up in Toronto, and it has no impact at all in the Western Conference. Um, so I, I don't know how the KD chip is going to eventually fall. But what I will tell you is this. I think there's a couple tiers right now in the Western Conference. You have one tier that you feel is, let's say, top five in the West. I think the Warriors obviously are going to come back and will be one of the favorites to win the whole thing next year. I think the Memphis Grizzlies are a young and up-and-coming team. They don't have to go compete for a championship, but they're a top-five team in the Western Conference. I don't think too many people are going to argue that. And they're only getting better. And don't forget, John Morant was injured for you know part of the playoffs. So I'm sure they, they're ready for another crack at it um, come next season. Okay, a couple other teams that you feel like have a good chance of at least being in the mix in the Western Conference. The Phoenix Suns, the Dallas Mavericks got to the Western Conference Finals. The Denver Nuggets feel like with Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray coming back with Jokic, the two-time reigning MVP, that they're going to be in the mix. The Los Angeles Clippers. I mean, the Clippers... I always hesitate with the Clippers because I've overhyped them the last couple of years and they haven't been healthy and all that other stuff that comes with it. But you go look at that roster and don't tell me they're not in the mix to be legitimate Western Conference contenders if they're healthy. So that right there is six teams in the Western Conference before I even got to up-and-coming teams like the Minnesota Timberwolves, like the Pelicans. The Portland Trailblazers, if Damian Lillard is healthy all year, they went out and trade, made a trade for Jeremy Grant. Maybe they're one of those 
uh, playing tournament teams, if you want to describe it. Utah's going to fall back naturally just because of what they're doing over there. That's nine teams. Um, you go get Kyrie Irving and team him up with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you're in a legitimate mix where maybe you're a fourth or a fifth seed in the Western Conference. Maybe you're a little bit better. Maybe you're a little worse. But you get to the playoffs, and you got those three dudes, and they're healthy, and they're ready to go, and it's 0-0 starting a seven-game set. That's a tough out. And that's not for me to try to you know describe them as title favorites. That's not me to try to describe them as uh, this is the best team in the NBA. But to go from the Russ, the LeBron, and the AD awful mix – to what the potential could be with those other guys, that's what gets me excited about hopefully this deal at some point going down. Um, Whether it goes down tonight or it goes down in a month or it doesn't go down at all, that's the one that gives me a little bit of hope to think in my head. If Palenka can figure out a way, do it you know, responsibly. I'm not saying go give up every draft pick that you have. I'm not saying, um, you know... Let the Brooklyn Nets take complete advantage of you, but if you could find a way to do this under that Russ final year contract, I think the Lakers are right back in the mix in that Western Conference. Um, there were, uh, you know, obviously a, a, a ton of guys that the Lakers went out in free agency and signed. So let me kind of go through a list here. I didn't think there were going to be some big names, but I think there was a theme to who the Lakers got. Troy Brown Jr., just 22 years old, six foot six wing. Lonnie Walker, the fourth. That was a mid-level exception that the Lakers use. 23 years old. Um, he's more of a shooting guard. Juan Toscano-Anderson, we know him. 29, just won a championship with the Golden State Warriors. Six six wing, kind of one of those glue guys. And then Damian Jones, who we should all know, because not last season, the season prior, he signed a couple 10-day contracts and played eight games with the franchise. 27 years old, six foot eleven center. And just brings a ton of energy, uh, bounces off the floor like he's uh, on a trampoline, just got great vertical. I think the thing that I could describe with all these players compared to last free agency, remember last year free agency? It was Dwight Howard. It was Carmelo Anthony. It was um, uh, Rajon Rondo. It was a lot of older players. And I thought the theme this year, you know, nobody was over 29, Juan Toscano. You got two guys, 122, 123. You got a 27-year-old and Damian Jones. It sounds like they got guys that um, are trying to do everything they can to make a name of themselves in the league. Maybe these guys think they got the potential, like Malik Monk, to have a good season with the Lakers, to contribute, and then go get paid next year uh, on a two-year deal worth $19 million um, like uh, like Malik Monk did. None of them are earth-shattering names. None of them are, you know, you're going to look at at these guys and say, wow, they're really going to change the outlook on the Lakers. Nothing big, and I think that was expected. I really do. I, I think signing contracts that um, of guys that are going to try to roll up their sleeves and do anything that your head coach and your star players want them to do. So that's the best way that I can describe the Lakers in free agency but the hope is is that free agency is not done, that free agency is just starting with the Lakers or at least you know the opportunity to go trade for a player. And that's going to be the goal from here. I think the guys that they got, we'll see. There's no guarantees. There's nothing. None of those names jump out to me and say, wow, he's going to make a significant difference. 
Let's see what happens once the season starts. So Troy Bound Jr., Lonnie Walker the fourth, Juan Toscano Anderson, and Damian Jones all signed in free agency with the Lakers. We'll see what other moves they make. I saw some rumors about maybe Thomas Bryant, who the Lakers drafted and then traded to the Wizards uh, a couple years back. I uh, I saw that he might be rumored, but the, the big news, obviously, is going to be what happens eventually if the Lakers can move that Russ contract. Okay, we come back. Brad Turner of the L.A. Times. Get his thoughts on what's going on with the Lake Show. We'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right, I got a lot of good tweets here. I'll read uh, in just a few minutes. But first off, let me welcome in Brad Turner of the L.A. Times. BT, thank you, my man. Thank you for uh, taking some time on this Tuesday evening. Hopefully you had a nice Fourth of July weekend. You know, I had a great one, Alan. I just sat in my backyard, and I watched the fireworks from the Rose Bowl with my Nothing roommate. Nothing wrong my with that. Man, man. And I drank a, a little whiskey. That's a, a good that's a good setup, BT. That's a mm-hmm. great setup. You know what's yeah. funny today? Coming back and uh, actually working, I was telling uh, Laura, I'm like, I feel like I took Thursday, Friday off. I felt like I've been off for a month. I don't know why it seems like <laughs> that. Maybe because of everything that I ate and I drank. Uh, BT, there is always news around the Lakers, and yes. there's always um, there's always kind of something floating around the Lake Show that we have to talk about. But I think these last couple of days have been incredibly interesting. Free agency starts. You got Kevin Durant that decides, you know what, uh, I want to make a – he's requesting a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. And what a week ago seemed like once once uh, Kyrie Irving opted into the final year of his contract, what seemed to be, oh, okay, the, well, the conversation with the Lakers is probably over, now is front and center again. I, I just want to get your thoughts on the current situation of the Lakers and a lot of this chatter between – potentially a rust for Kyrie deal. How do you feel like um, – do you feel like there's true momentum here? Do you think this is something that can actually happen? Just how do you feel about the whole situation? Momentum, man, that's a strong word there, Alan. It's a good word. I'll say this. I think if the Lakers have patience, which is what they have to do, because it's obviously that Brooke is not in the rush to do anything, but my understanding is, as soon as a win Brooklyn trades Kevin Durant, then they would turn their focus to trying to see if they want to trade with the Lakers as a partner for Kyrie Irving. 
So until that happens, all the Lakers can do is just make, have conversations with Brooklyn, have conversations with other teams. Other teams could also have that conversation. But it's going to just take time. I mean, Brooklyn is pretty much set on what they want. And after we saw the Rudy Gobert trade mm. from Utah to Minnesota, five draft picks, man, did that set the precedent for how this was supposed to work out? I don't know. But uh, the Lakers are involved in this, and it's not over yet. What What do you think when you say that um, you mentioned from what you understand the KD, that domino could potentially have to fall first? Why – just kind of trying to think here. Will the KD domino dictate – the direction the franchise is going in so that they can ask um, what it is that they potentially want from the Lakers or another suitor for Kyrie? Do you think that's the reason the impact the KD deal would have on potentially dealing Kyrie first or second? No, absolutely. I mean, if they're, if Brooklyn is able to get, let's say, say four first-round picks, let's say they get five first-round picks, mm-hmm. like Utah was able to get and pry out of Minnesota. If they get five first-round picks, then maybe that bodes well for the Lakers. Maybe they don't. They aren't seeking, you know, two picks from the Lakers, twenty-seven and twenty-nine. Maybe they're content with just one of those picks, but they also may want to send back another contract to the Lakers. Sure. There's just so many scenarios out there. So the KD thing is important because he is the one that teams want, and KD is the one that starts all of this by saying, I want to be traded. I want out of here now that Kyrie's here. And once they get that done, then they turn their focus to just trying to see what they can get for Kyrie. BT, it's such a, you know, it's an interesting situation because I, I feel like you got the whole league. This, this isn't uncommon that if a player in free agency, if he decides to sign, once KD decided to sign with the Golden State Warriors, it obviously changed the entire league. It shifted priorities it made teams that think they have a shot understand that you know what this is not our window so a trade or a free agency signing could have that effect on the entire nba kd this kind of this um as we sit here and wait to see what happens with kevin durant do you think there's you know as good of a chance as brooklyn not feeling like they're getting the right value for kd know that he has four years left on his contract do you think there's some opportunity there where the Brooklyn Nets decide, you know what, we just don't like the deals out there. KD, we understand that you want to be traded, but you're under contract and we're not we're not ready to make a trade for you. They, that they could actually walk into training camp keeping KD there. Wow, that was something Kenny Perkins brought up earlier today. And I have to say, I don't see it that way. I think he gets traded. Even if he goes up to training camp, I think they've committed to doing this. They sound as if Brooklyn has made a promise to KD that they would do it. I just don't see him back there. This is different than when Kobe Bryant back in 2000, I don't know, six or something Six, like I that, think, yeah, five, six, something like that, traded, yeah. And he wanted to be traded to the Chicago Bulls. Well, Lou Aldang was a name that kept popping up that would come to the Lakers, and then you know, KB kept saying, no, I want him on the team. And obviously, it didn't happen. They never, they never did trade Kobe Bryant. Thank goodness. So this is somewhat similar. But I just think that in this case, the difference is Kobe Bryant spent his entire career and was not drafted, but he was traded for on draft night by the Lakers. Whereas KD, he started in Oklahoma City, 
He went to Golden State as a free agent, went to Brooklyn as a free agent. I think he's out of there at some point. I just don't know when. Uh, Brad Turner from the LA Times taking some time to join Lakers Talk. BT, there, I'm going to kind of assume this. Just let me make an assumption here, and I, I want to get your opinion. If if this went down and the Lakers got Kyrie and Russ was shipped out, and whether it's a – because we've heard both names being rumored, potentially Seth Curry or maybe Joe Harris is part of the deal as well. And if it's Joe Harris, you're taking on a contract with two years left. Let's say the Lakers got Kyrie and one of those shooters. Mm. What do you think that does – to their chances to be back in the Bix. The, the, obviously, I'm talking about the mix in the Western Conference. I spent a little time earlier in the show just listing out teams that think they're in the mix. You know, the Warriors, the Grizzlies, the Suns, the Mavs, Nuggets and Clippers getting healthy, a Minnesota team that you, you feel like has got a lot of momentum, the Pelicans having a good last year and now getting a full season with C.J. McCollum. Maybe even Portland just to be one of those teams that's in the top eight or the playing tournament, something along those lines. If a deal for if if a Kyrie deal went down, how would you a like the fit and b how would you uh, kind of where, where would you put the Lakers Lakers in the mix in the Western Conference? I would say Kyrie coming to the Lakers makes them. I would go so far as to say a top four team in the West. He is that good. His talent is that incredible. And be, is he a good fit? I think he's a great fit because he's played with LeBron James before. He's not only good with the ball in his hands, but he's great with the ball out of his hands, moving, cutting. And the dude can just score the basketball. No matter what you think about him as a person and his thoughts on life and, and the world, he can play basketball. So I think it would be a great fit. And I do believe it just pushed him right in there because you're committed to three guys would be AD. You're thinking he's going to stay healthy fully this season. LeBron is committed to trying to win a championship. Kyrie is trying to prove to the world that he has backed being one of the top talents. I think Kyrie is one of the top two best point guards in the league hmm. when he's playing. He just didn't play a whole lot last year. Yeah, and, and you know, BT, he's kind of, in a weird way, think about Kyrie's value a few years ago to what it is today. And everything that you just said right there, you're not wrong. I think this the question comes down to, and, and for the Lakers, they're in a position where I think they saw enough, obviously, that Russ, LeBron, and AD, that's not a, that's not a, a team that can truly, truly compete in the league. And this is... It's kind of, I think, a no-brainer. Nobody's ever, nobody's kind of questioning. You would take the risk, whatever it means. And you know what? If it if it falls apart, I think you'd still okay with the results, just based upon what you saw last year. But I think it would be fascinating. I, I really do. The the Lakers did go out as far as the guys that they did go out and get in free agency. So Troy Brown Jr., Juan Toscano-Anderson, Damian Jones, Lonnie Walker the fourth. What did you think of? These role players that they signed, I, I do think there's a big difference from last year where they got a lot younger. I think Juan Toscano Anderson's the oldest one at 29, but a few 27 and right. under after that. Um, just your initial thoughts on what the Lakers did on July 1st through now. You know, I like what they did. You know, they bring back Damian Williams. He played for the Lakers you know, about eight or nine games a couple of years ago. He's young, he's athletic. I spoke with one of the coaches up in Sacramento, and they talked about how well he played for them late in the season. He's athletic. 
I mean, his basketball IQ is something that he's trying to improve. Lonnie can shoot the ball, hmm. and they need shooting. Juan played for a NBA championship team. From what I understand, he's scrappy, plays tough defense. He's a good 3 and D guy. So I like what they did. I think it's going to help them. The Lakers had to get younger, had to get more athletic, and they did that. BT, final one, and uh, as always, I appreciate the time, bud. Um, I've I've been trying to kind of understand and figure out, maybe I'm reading too into it, but Jeannie Buss sent out a tweet um, July 3rd, so I think, what was that, Uh, I want to say Saturday, I think, no, no, Sunday night. Sunday night sends out a tweet. And I'm I'm going to read it off. I know a lot of people have you know have already read it, but I just want to, as best as you can, your interpretation of the tweet. She says, "I miss KB, Kobe Bryant. He would understand and explain everything that I'm not allowed to. Honestly, he was the greatest Laker ever. He understood team over self, meaning your rewards would come if you valued team goals over your own. Then everything would fall into place. All can reply." I've kind of tried doing this, and I did this this morning. We were doing the show, and I'll do it you know, when we're done chatting. What What did you make of the tweet? What's the best way you can kind of uh, decipher what she's saying there? Well, when I first was told about the tweet, one of my coworkers sent it to me, I just drank some more wine. I thought, hey, okay. <laughs> no big deal. Nothing to this in my view, but KB saying thing that she can't say. Well, when she owns the team, if she says something about a player, that could be just a bit of tampering. Jeannie is not a very outspoken person. Yep. She's more reserved in that manner. So not saying things is not in, it's in her nature just to be quiet and let those who she has hired, Bob, Kurt, now Darvinham, do their jobs. Now, I didn't put a whole lot into it. I just thought that it was a moment where she thought about Kobe Bryant and she missed him. I've had those moments. I just haven't tweeted about it. I mean, I think we all lost a big part of us if you were a fan of the Lakers and if you know Kobe Bryant. And originally I just kept thinking something triggered a moment for Jeannie to remember Kobe Bryant and then she went into other parts of it. I just thought that um, it was just another tweet and I was thinking wine, man, but I'm trying to really dissect it that much. <laughs> and uh, we, you can only imagine all the dissecting the last couple of days since you sent that tweet. Yeah. So, Well, BT, I appreciate you taking the time. I hope you go enjoy a nice glass of wine the rest of this evening, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon, bud. Alan, my pleasure, man. Thank you. All right, buddy. That's uh, Brad Turner from the LA Times uh, doing what he does. How about that, BT? How, how about that high praise for Kyrie's skill set? Um, how about that high praise of what he thinks where would put the Lakers if Kyrie ended up on the Lakers uh, or ended up on this team and with this organization? We'll see what happens, Laker fans. And, you know, I, I'm obviously – you can hear how many different times during this show I've talked about how uh, I think it could be a game changer. Some of it has to do with Kyrie. The other part has to do with – I watched 88 games last year with LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russ, and um, you feel like when uh, – when, when you have something and it doesn't taste right, you want to try something else, and I think this is where that comes into uh, in the same mix. Okay, I got a couple calls I want to take when we come back. I'm going to read off a few of your tweets. We'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. 
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Uh, thank you to Brad Turner from the LA Times. Fantastic stuff as always. BT uh, just got a great pulse, great relationship with the organization and within the league, so it's always great hearing from him. Uh, you heard him say that most likely that time kind of plays to both teams' side and that it, it's he said hearing from his people that a KD deal first would have to get done before they start shifting their attention to Kyrie. So maybe we're just impatient Laker fans. I know. I know that's such a surprise. Impatient Laker fans. That just that does that never happens. But if that is the case, then we'll have to wait to see if uh, if, if some you know realistically goes down with KD. Last couple of days have been quiet. Let me sneak in a quick phone call, and then I want to read a couple tweets as well. Solomon in Lake Balboa. Solomon, I appreciate you waiting, man. What's going on? And not a problem, Alan. It's nice talking to you again. It's been a while. It's been uh, a little bit, yes, sir. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You brought up a good point. You know, is Kyrie a game changer? Well, of course, you got to put a big capital IF in there that if LeBron is LeBron, if AD stays healthy, and if Kyrie doesn't go off on, you know, planet Kyrie somewhere and they all play together for a good amount of time, yeah, you got quite a, quite a base to work from. Uh, which leads me to my next comment about some of the players that they, that they took on, these young athletic players with legs. Because last season, Lakers would have leads come fourth quarter. Those old tired legs couldn't keep up, and they would blow leads. So, you know, you throw a couple shooters in there, and it's a nice mix. We're not talking championship, but we're talking at least a run in the playoffs. Solomon, I appreciate the call. I, I think something that you said there about all the ifs that come with the Lakers, here's the thing. Those ifs are going to be there either way. So whether it's... Russ that comes back on this roster or it's Kyrie that comes back on this roster. The ifs are there. Anthony Davis, let's he's played less than half of the games two seasons in a row. Uh, you combine the two, I think he's played, I didn't want to say 82 games or something. It's something along those lines. He is a 40-gamer, and I don't know what the other one is, 40 or 42, something along those lines. That's a very big if, and that's not going to change this upcoming year. Um LeBron going into his 20th season, I mean, I, I know we walk into this and we always say, you just never know when you get that age, you've been in the league for this long, you know, anything can happen. And, and the hope is that he's got less burden on his shoulders that other guys are taking the uh, – um, they're taking more of the burden in the regular season. So keep that one in mind as well because um, – it's no locker guarantee, even if the Lakers do trade for Kyrie. You're going to have all these ifs, but at least 
with a Kyrie Irving team with LeBron and Anthony Davis, I think you get a completely different mix, and you also get something that you feel like would would fit so much better than what Russ did. Let me read off a couple of quick tweets here. See what we got here. Somebody was coming at me at Twitter. Let's read that one. Um, Raider Deb says Lakers should not sign Kyrie to ruin the Lakers locker room. It would be such a mistake. Tell you what, I, I, you know, I couldn't disagree more. I, I think I'm willing to take a chance on a guy that's coming to the Lakers in a final year of his contract versus somebody else that's out there. And it's Russ. Let me give you an example. If the question was, hey, would you rather have Kyrie Irving or DeMar DeRozan? It's a completely different conversation. Would you rather have Kyrie Irving or give me another player out there that could be a great fit for the Lakers that's available? It depends on who the player is. If you're saying give me Kyrie or Russ, Raider Deb, I don't know how you would be okay with watching the same thing that we saw last year because I don't think anything really all that much is going to change. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Mukon DT. I don't know why you keep saying the Lakers are desperate. How? Desperate? I don't think so. How many legit MVP caliber talents that Golden State have? They had one in Steph Curry. How many do the Lakers have? They have two. Yes, two MVP caliber talents. I'll tell you why they're desperate. They're desperate because LeBron is um, going into his 20th season. Anthony Davis does not play enough games. You can't really rely on him on a consistent basis. And the Lakers won 33 games last year. Lakers walked into last season as the second greatest odds to win an NBA championship. And they won 33 games. And when LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russ were playing together, they were 11-10. and 10. They played 21 games together. And at no point when those three were playing together did me, did you, or did any Laker fan out there say to themselves, watch out for that mix. If that mix is healthy and they're ready to go, watch out for that squad. I don't think anybody said that. So um, that, to me, is the definition of desperate. Desperate in the sense that they still want to hold on to this window with Braun and try to compete for a championship. And that window has either already closed, and maybe this gives it a little bit of hope. That's what I'm referring to as desperate. Not that the world is going to end. The Lakers have 17 NBA championships, and they won a championship two years ago. But they are trying to hold on to this window for as long as they possibly can, and obviously it's running out of time. Okay, so um, so far in free agency, I just want to do this here real quick as we're coming to a close of the show. By the way, just a quick reminder, I'm back on tomorrow with Travis Rogers. T-Raj is actually back. I'm back as well. So the whole thing, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., we'll get our show started tomorrow. Um, so free agency so far I think has been interesting. The Minnesota Timberwolves traded for Rudy Gobert, and I think they gave up uh, 65 first-round picks. Not literally, but obviously um, they gave up a lot to go get him. Uh, but I think the Minnesota Timberwolves are walking away feeling like they got a shot next year with D'Angelo and Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, and then obviously now Rudy Gobert. So that was kind of some of the big, big news. Um, as far as some other teams, I thought the Celtics going out – and doing what they did to go get Malcolm Brogdon, I thought that was a good pickup. Malik Monk, of course, signed with the uh, the Sixers. I'm sorry, uh, signed with uh, Malik Monk signed with the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Jalen Brunson went to the New York Knicks. So there there have been some deals out there. Nothing you know too crazy or too earth shattering, but I, I think a couple of deals that make you say, okay, I kind of like what that team did. But the big question is going to be what happens to KD. There was uh, something from Sham Sharania. This probably came out about a half hour ago. 
teams like Phoenix, Miami, Toronto, Golden State, those are really among the teams that are going to be at the forefront trying to pursue a Kevin Durant deal. So the NBA and the league will continue to wait to see what happens to KD. Who knows? Maybe KD ends up, stays with the Brooklyn Nets, and Kyrie doesn't go anywhere. I have no idea if that's going to be the case. But you got to imagine if KD and the Brooklyn Nets make a decision and they find an agreement with one of these other teams. Don't go to Phoenix, by the way. I'd rather have them go anywhere in the Eastern Conference. And don't go to Golden State. I think we know that one as well. But I think if KD and, and the Brooklyn Nets find a new home for Kevin Durant, um, then we could start potentially expecting some type of deal for Kyrie, and hopefully that's with the Los Angeles Lakers. As always, you could catch, uh, catch the Lakers talk um, on the ESPN app or on iTunes. Just search Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa. Get it on the podcast. Thank you to Laura Romo. Thank you to Michael Funches. Thank you to Mario Ruiz. L.A., have a great rest of your night.